Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. And I want to read to you um, a passage of Scripture that describes this truth more than what there's many passages that I could use, but this one in particular really speaks to me, maybe to speak to you. It's coming up on the screen, and look what it says. It's found in James 1, uh, 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers, and let me just say, and sisters as well, okay? He's talking to all of us. Take note of this. Everyone should be what, everybody? Quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Amen, everybody. When you get mad, you're no good. That's what he was saying, you know. He said, you know, when we, when we get angry, we don't listen. And when we don't listen, when we get angry, amen? Is it possible to hear someone but not listen? Absolutely. You can go to any high school math class and it's possible to listen, right? Remember algebra is like, oh my, you know what? If you didn't listen, you missed it. And so uh, you may have heard the teacher, but you didn't, you didn't get it. And so today what I want to do is that I really need your help. I need you to help me share this message today. And so uh, what I like to do is, uh, is I like to have the room divided today. We're, and so on this side of the room, we're going to put up these words again. There are six words we're going to say, so I know six may be too much. So I'm going to get you guys to say three words and you guys to say three words, all right? So we're going to put these words up on the screen. You see that? So the first three words are quick to listen. So when I put my hand this direction, I want you to say quick to listen. So let's try it. You ready? Here we go. All right, you guys are quick. That's right. All right, look at the next phrase with me. The last part is slow to speak. So that's going to be you guys' job. So when I stretch my hand that way, I want you to do it. You ready? Here we go. Slow to speak. There we go. Let's just do a little practice. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. All right. Stay with me now. That's your part today, all right? So you got to remember that, all right? And so that's the message that we want to, that the Bible, that God is, is trying to convey to us today. If we're going to be, if our, if, par- if our parenting skills are going to increase, we have to be? That's right. We have to be quick to listen, slow to speak. So today I want to talk to you about how to listen. And again, this will apply to everyone, whether you're a parent or not, but it really, really uh, will help our families out. And so how do I listen? That, that's the thing that we want to talk about. How do we do this? I want to give you four things today that I think will help you. The first one is this, is that how to listen is look at them with love. Whenever you're trying to listen to someone, look at them with love. I want to, sh- I want to share something. Look, would everybody look up here just to me just a second? You see this face? This face causes me all kinds of trouble. Some of you just looked at me and said, well, I can see why. I have gotten in so much trouble just with my face. I mean, like uh, the first traffic ticket I got was because of my face. It was. I got pulled over by a cop uh, in a small town that we lived in. And, um, and so 
when I, he was up my window instructing me that I had, you know, made an inappropriate turn, or not an inappropriate turn, <laughs> a wrong turn, the wrong way, a, a, a misturn, when he's letting me know that, that I'd made that mistake, he was at my window, one of my high school buddies drove by, and he shouted my name, hey, dolls. And when he did, I just turned my head and smiled. And when I did that, the officer said, oh, you think this is funny? I'll show you funny. If I write you this ticket, it won't be funny. I said, no, 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 I don't think it's funny. That smile cost me $27.50 back in the day. That's been a long time ago. It's amazing when these little videos that we send out on social media each week, when I try to give you a little heads up about what's coming, it's amazing because that little clip that you watch is less than probably a minute. Sometimes it will take me 30 minutes or an hour to record, and it's because of my face. Because I'm thinking about what I want to say to you when I think I don't smile. And so Chen, uh, our worship director here, is filming me, and he's going... Standing, standing behind the camera trying to make me smile because he's like, Pastor, we, I know you love these people, but you, you don't look like it. And so, so it's not getting my words right, it's getting my face right that, that is so hard with these videos. And there's been many, sometimes, many times that Rhonda and I have be having a conversation and she's talking to me. And I don't, I don't agree with what she's saying. And before I can say anything, because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say back, she says, before I say anything, she said, Jeff, why are you mad? I'm like, well, I'm not mad. She said, well, you better let your face know it. <laughs> what I'm saying, the way that we look at people matters. Amen, everybody? And our facial expressions they matter. When you look at someone with love, it means I'm paying attention to you. I'm looking at you. I, I care about you. And so, you know, Jesus, Jesus had to practice this. There's a story in the Bible. It's, it's about a, the Bible called him a rich young ruler who had a lot of money, but he somehow he felt like he was missing something. So he come to Jesus one day and he says, Jesus, tell me how I can have eternal life. And Jesus simply said, well, you know, keep the Ten Commandments. You know, honor your father and mother. Don't commit adultery. You know, don't, don't kill, steal. He said, oh, I've done all of those since I was a child, which I'm sure he hadn't. But he said that. And then Jesus said this to him. Look at what, when Jesus was about to give him a major correction, he was about to give him a major correction. Look what the Bible says that Jesus did. Here it is. Look. It says, Jesus looked straight at him with what, everybody? with love. He made sure his face was saying, I love you before he gave him this correction. He looked at him with love and said, you need only one thing. Go and sell all you have, give the money to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, I didn't put the rest of the of phrase on there. The next verse says, the man went, dropped his face and went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus knew his, his issue was money. And he knew that he had to address it, but he looked at him with, a, with love. When he had to give correction, he looked at him with love. And, and parents, this is something that we all struggle with when our, when our child has done something wrong. We have to look at them with love and do our very best to do that. I hope you'll do that. Remember that. You know, when you're having that conversation 
and we remember this, we talk about biblical love here and, and where I'm beating this drum all through our community and, and to you, and I'm asking you to help me share it. And it's on your outline again. And look, it's coming on the screen. And let's just say what biblical love is. You ready? Here we go. Biblical love is what, everybody? Is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. No matter how I feel, no matter how I feel about them, I'm going to do love. I'm going to do good. And one of the most loving things that you can do is check your face before you go into conversation. Amen? Because if you look mad, you can say whatever you want to. They're still going to receive it as you're being upset. So it's understanding that. Proverbs says this. Proverbs 20 and 12 says, The Lord has given us eyes to see and ears to what, everybody? Notice what he didn't mention there. Our mouth. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't mention our mouth there. He's given us two eyes to see and two ears to hear and one mouth. Maybe he's trying to tell us that we need to listen more closely. We need to listen more than we talk. Amen, everybody? That's an indication. You should listen twice as much as you talk because you've got two ears. Ooh, that's, that's good preaching today right there now. The reason, the reason a lot of people won't listen is because they would rather hear themselves talk because they love themselves more than they love the other people. When you love yourself more than you love others, you'll do all the talking. And some people just love to hear themselves talk, don't they? And if you just keep talking all the time, everybody else is thinking, would you please shut up? Amen? Amen? So we have to learn the lesson. And you know, the lesson today is this, is that we have to be... You guys right here now, you got to help me out, all right? Let's try it again. There you go. Quick to listen, slow to speak. The second thing I would tell you is this. If we're going to learn to listen, this is it, is we have to set aside time to listen. Set aside, set aside time to listen. In other words, you can't listen in a hurry. Amen? You just can't listen when you're in a hurry. We see a great example of this. There's a book in the Bible called Job. If you're new and you're not familiar with the Bible, it looks like Job, J-O-B, okay? But we call him Job. And in, in this book of Job, we find out that this man, Job, had horrible suffering. He, he, in one day, he lost all of his wealth. He lost all of his livestock, all the money he had. And he lost his family, his children, in one day. And then he gets sick. He has a disease that comes on it called his boils. He's suffering every way you can suffer. His friends hear about it. And the Bible says his friends travel from some distance to come and comfort Job. But I want you to notice what they did, how they comfort Job. Look what it says in Job 2 and 13. It says, then they sat on the ground with him for how long, everybody? Seven days. Seven days and and seven nights. And notice this, no one said a what? No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Did you see what happened? For seven days and seven nights, they didn't say a word. They didn't, they didn't say one word. And here's the lesson of that. The deeper the pain, the fewer the words. 
When someone is suffering, the deeper the pain, the fewer the words. When someone's hurting and they've had great pain come into their life, it's not, you don't need to say a lot. You need to just be quiet, right? Now, listen, if someone says, you know, I'm having a bad hair day or I got gas. <laughs> just seeing if you're awake. Talk to them 30 minutes. But when someone comes in and says, you know what? I just, my parent just passed away. Or my child passed away. Or my boyfriend or girlfriend just walked out on me. Or my husband or my wife just walked out on me. I'm going through a horrible divorce. Or I've been on my job for 15 years and I just got laid off. When that happens to you, listen, it's not, don't say a lot. It's called the ministry of presence. Just being there, being present with them. Amen, everybody? Amen. The deeper the pain, the fewer the words. What do, I, what do I do in those situations when I don't want to know what to do? Well, you don't stay away. I hear it all the time, you know, when people are going through some stuff, I hear other people say, you know, well, I would call them or I would text them or I would go by there, but I don't know what to say. Listen, do not let that keep you away. They need your presence in that moment. Listen, when you don't know what to do, you just show up and shut up. Amen? The deeper the pain, the less words you just show. Just be there. You don't have to say anything and never, ever let that keep you away. They need you. Take a lesson from Job's friend. Just show up and shut up and be there, and that'll be enough. Do not, do not, when someone has suffered a loss in their family, someone's died, do not go and say, well, God just needed another angel. Do not be stupid. Shut up. Do not try to be biblical. Do not try, do not try to be super spiritual. Do not try to be anything but there. That's it. That's part of listening is just being there. Just being there. Look what the Bible says in our relationship with God in Psalms 46 and 10. He says, would you read those first two words? Be still. Be still. Be still. I think God is wanting us to set aside a time to be still and know that I'm God. That's what this 21 days of prayer is all about. It's just getting you still for a little while. Getting still. And li again, listen. If you can make it just to one day, one day, come at 6 a.m., just one day, just to be still. And if you can't make it here, then join us online at 6 a.m., just one day, to be still. And it's amazing how you'll hear God if you'll be still. Amen? So many people say, well, I just can't hear God. Well, be, you're not being still. Be still, and you'll hear God. Remember this. What we're trying to remember today is this. All right, you're getting it. I by the end, we're going to get this. That's right. I've had an advantage. I've been studying all week. I know this is hard. That's why we had to break it up. I knew six words. We'd never get it. 
This is better than you thought it was going to be today, isn't it? <laughs> the third thing I would tell you is how to listen. Remember, this is, a, this, is a, this is a truth that works. And that is number three is this, how to listen. Ask open-ended questions. Ask open-ended questions. This is so powerful. Proverbs 20 and 5, look what it says. A person's thoughts are like water in a deep what, everybody? Deep well. But someone with insight can do what? Can draw them out. Can draw them. Moms and dads and grandparents, you know talking to your, your children, no matter how old they are, sometimes it's very difficult, right? And so, like... You would go get your kids from school or, they, or you meet at the end of the day and, and you say, well, how was your day at school? Fine. Fine. It was good. Well, did you meet any new friends? No. You know, if, when you ask closed-ended questions, you're going to get those answers. And, and we just feel like, okay, that's not what I want. Well, your job as a parent and as a grandparent is to drop the, well, drop the bucket deep into the well. And see, when you ask those closed-ended questions, you're not going very far. So we have to ask open-ended questions. And one of the greatest things that I, I think that you could do in order to do that, that I've learned lately, I didn't know when my kids were coming up, but I've learned this about a year ago, and I'd like to share it with you. One of the ways that you get people to open up is you can say this. When you ask a question you, and they give you an answer or they start talking about something, you can say this, can you tell me more? Can you tell me more? Listen, matter of fact, this is a magical statement right here. Why don't you write these three words down? Tell me more. Tell me more. If you will just say those words when they finish, just tell me more. It's amazing how you are dropping the, you're dropping the pail down in the well and it'll go deeper down and you're drawing those thoughts out. And when you ask that, what it means is I'm interested in what you've got to say. I want to know what's in your heart. I want to know what's in your mind. I'm not judging you. I just want to know what's inside of you. If you just say, tell me more, it's amazing how you can draw those thoughts out. And you know what? When our children and when our friends or whoever feel like they've been listened to, they feel loved. Amen, everybody? I don't know if you've ever talked to someone that you felt like did not listen to you. Even though they were shaking their heads or whatever, but you knew they weren't listening to you. But when we ask, tell me more, it's amazing how that we feel so listened to. We feel listened to. It's dropping that bucket in the well and it's drawing them out. So I have a next step for you on this card right here. I call it our connection card. I hope everybody will fill it out because when you fill it out and you put in the bucket on the way out, we pray over your family and we think everybody's worth praying over in this room. Amen. And those online as well, please make sure you get yours. It says, I will do my best to listen by saying, what's those three words, everybody? Tell me more. I want to challenge you to practice that this afternoon. Whoever you talk to, I don't care if you go to a restaurant after service today and the waitress says, hello, how are you? You know, and you, you say, well, I'm doing well. How are you doing? She, says, she or he say, well, I'm doing okay. You say, tell me more. Just say that. Tell me more. And just sit back and look what happens. You know, um, last week uh, I, I went to dinner with a couple and, and a waiter stepped up and, and a waiter stepped up and I, 
I was asked, I said, listen, we're about to say the blessing. Is there anything that I can pray with you about? And he said, well, I'm not so sure. He said, I think I may be okay. And then he said, you know what? Well, I want to get married. I said, tell me more. And then he started telling me about what, how he wanted to get married, you know. And then I told him that, you know, if, if that didn't work out, I knew some people that, uh, uh, some people that want to get, get married and I could set him up. <laughs> he said, tell me more. <laughs> I said, you're not ready to get married. So I checked that box. Tell me more. Let, let's, it makes everything better. So we're learning to listen today. What I'm sharing with you is so spiritual. It will change your family dynamic. It will change your friendships. God is trying to tell us we need to listen. We need to listen. The fourth thing I would say this is don't judge until you have all the facts. Don't judge until you have all the facts. Proverbs 18 and 13, look what it says. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both what, everybody? Shameful and, and foolish. Shameful and foolish. When we begin to spout off before we have all the facts. When your child or your, or your friend begins to tell you something that you haven't heard the whole thing, you just heard the first part, it's very easy to develop an attitude before you ever heard, you've heard it all. Amen, everybody? Amen. Sometimes they can just say somebody's name and you're already mad before they say anything else. It's amazing because we live in a world of sound bites. We, we, we live in a world where we have been taught sound bites on social media, cable news, it doesn't matter. And what, with those sound bites have all been used to entrap people. Even though we haven't heard the whole things, we listen to the sound bite that people want us to hear. They want us to develop a, an, a, a, an opinion. It, every time in a political season, you will hear sound bites of a person's opponent. You know, they do it to try to make them look bad. And if you heard the whole sentence, you wouldn't be mad. But the soundbite, right? We live in a world where that soundbite, and many times we live by soundbites. And, and so the person begins to speak, and, and as they begin to speak, before they ever finish the sentence, you've heard the soundbite that you want to hear, and you're judging, and you're mad. And it affects your relationship. It changes everything. You see, because we live in this world of soundbites, is that we can't be quick to listen. We become quick to listen. Let me just say this to you. And when someone's telling you something, remember there's always two sides of every story. I don't care who's telling the story. Amen, everybody? There's, a, there's two sides to every story. I don't care who's telling the story. There's two sides to it. And what I want you to understand is this, is that we have to learn to be with passion. We have to learn to be You guys have got to help me out, man. I mean, come on. You ready? We've got to be. All right, you got it. There we go. We got it now. We got it now. We're going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's the message today. 
is be quick to listen and slow to speak. Again, James, we bring him back up. Here's what he says. My dear brothers, and let me add, and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be and there we go, slow to speak. And slow to become what, everybody? In other words, the anger in your home will go down when you put this into practice. The anger in your, with your neighbors will go down when you put this into practice. The anger in your office or in your workplace will go down when you put this into practice. The anger in your classroom will go down when you put this into practice. You put it into practice. He says this, For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. You will never have peace in your life as long as you walk around angry. And most of the time we're angry because we don't listen. We're angry. We get angry because we don't listen and we start speaking. Remember the thing that I want to tell you today is this. What I want you to walk out of here with today is this, is that we have to learn to be quick to listen, slow to speak. I want to share a story with you today. In the mid-1800s, there was a, a disease that was going around. It was actually called a fever. The layman's term for the fever was called childbed fever. This fever only affected women that were having children in their later term of pregnancy. This, this fever had spread across England and Wales and killed over a half a million people. And there was a doctor by the name of Simmelweis, Dr. Simmel, he was a Hungarian doctor who was in Austria. And in the city of Venice, he was there and he noticed that in this one hospital there, that 40% of the women that went in the hospital to have a child developed this what they call child bed fever and they would die it was so bad in that hospital that women that were about to give birth they would beg and they would plead to have the baby in the street rather than going to that hospital because they knew that they were probably going to get the disease and die Dr. Simmelweis began to ask why because there was another hospital there that there weren't many doctors at that had a lot of midwives that were delivering babies and only like 10% of them got the fever. And she asked the question why and what he discovered was this as he did more and more research he discovered that the doctors that were delivering the babies in the hospital every morning before they would go in the women that had died they'd go down and do autopsies to try to discover what's going on and how to solve and cure this uh, and cure this fever and they would do it barehanded and then they would leave those ladies and go right to the patients right there that were in the hospital that were having the baby so the doctor's hands was actually spreading the disease and killing the ladies. And Dr. Simmelweis realized that. That was the difference. The midwives over here were not around those. And so the simple solution was this, is that he got a, a, a chloride lime solution and begin to insist the doctors wash their hands before they started going around and visiting the ladies rooms and something amazing happened and that was that the death rate went down the fever went it went pretty much from 40 percent down to one percent it wiped it out only because of something very simple of washing your hands
washing your hands. Very simple, just wash your hands with this solution and it would cure the disease. I want to tell you something, my friends. That sounds, that was so wonderful, it changed medicine. But there was was some doctors there that just refused to do it. They said, it's silly. And, And Dr. Semmelweis was so adamant about that that when he would see a doctor that would refuse to wash your hands he would go to him and he would start screaming murderer you murderer you murderer because he wouldn't do the simple things it got so bad in that town that every time he saw someone he'd run up to him and scream at him in public because they refused to do the simple thing to save lives he'd call them murderers they had him committed into an insane asylum When he went in, they beat him. And they beat him so bad that he died two weeks later. Why do I tell you that story? Because see, in order to save your life, you have to do the simple things. Simple things. And what I'm teaching you today is listening. It's a very simple thing. And you may walk out of here today and say, well, you know, that's just so simple. But it will save lives. It will save the life in your family. It will save the life. Who knows what child, what child is walking around with these deep thoughts and they need a parent to hear them and you, they don't feel like you've heard them yet. And if you could just learn to listen a little bit, it's amazing how it will save their life. There's a grandchild. It's got so much bottled up inside of them. And they need to talk to somebody and they want to talk to their grandparent. But if we're not willing to do the simple thing, they're going to die. If there's ever been a generation that says, I need somebody to listen to me, it's now. It's now. If we don't listen, they die. So today I'm asking you, Will you do the simple thing? The simple thing. You know, there's a disease that we all have. It's called sin. And thank God he sent his son Jesus with the chlorinated lime solution. That whenever we ask him to forgive us of our sin, he washes our sins away. It's the simple thing on our side because the the cure has already been given. And let me just tell you, my friends, today, there's many of you sitting in this room, there's many watching online right now, that right now, the truth of the matter is you're not a follower of Jesus Christ because you're not willing to do the simple thing. And that is simply take the first step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you because you said, well, when I get good, I'll get God. You will never get good without God. You get God and then you get good. Amen, everybody? So right now, I want us to bow our heads in this room and those that are watching online. And today, if, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to become one right now. And, you, and you, I want you to say this prayer in your mind, not even out loud. I want you to say it right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I'm asking you, dear Lord Jesus, that you will come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me 
cleanse me and save me. Jesus, help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.